You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now locked and loaded for daily fantasy glory. DFS Lineup Lock, sponsored by DailyRoto.com, begins now. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Lineup Lock Live, presented by DailyRoto.com, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. We'll look back a little bit at Week 5, and we got another slate to start making money right away. We got a little crossover slate tonight, Monday Night Football, as we have the Vikings and the debut of Mitchell Trubisky for Chicago. And then a Thursday Night Football game, Tony, against two 4-1 and teams in Carolina, and Philadelphia, I mean, Cam Newton has pretty much put it in my eye the last couple of weeks. We'll get to that in a little while. But I know one thing that really got to me yesterday, these Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony, go into Pittsburgh. You know, their defense picks off Ben Roethlisberger five times. And then Leonard Fournette, you know, runs for over 180 yards. Could he be in the Rookie of the Year conversation along with Kareem Hunt, Tony? Yeah, that's the whole thing. When you look at running backs, right, and you look at young running backs coming off a college schedule, they're going to have to see who's the man in the second half, the guys that can take all those hits and still be active there. So, yeah, Leonard Fournette, you know, it's crazy. And I heard this debate, I believe, uh, Joe Pisapia last night on Fantasy Football Rewind. If you're talking about most valuable players, Alex Smith has to be the most valuable player right now. But you got to put Leonard Fournette in the conversation. Nobody had the Jaguars 3-2 and two leading the division, and the guy's got a touchdown every game. What does he have to do? And, and by the way, his quarterback threw for 86 yards in a victory on the road in Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Now, and remember, week one, the Jaguars also won when Blake Bortles had something like seven or eight completions. I think you're absolutely right, Tony. Leonard Fournette, not only the production that he has, but also what he allows that organization to do to try to play the way they want to ball control and defense Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone making it happen also. And listen, Tony, uh, remember a couple weeks ago when the people wanted to play Deshaun? Watson and we were laughing at the people well Deshaun Watson did it again another five touchdowns he actually leads the NFL in QBR rating for quarterbacks the only quarterback in the NFL above 80 QBR could this be like Dak Prescott 2017 or even better um, from a fantasy standpoint or from an NFL standpoint well from a fantasy standpoint I think he's going to be better but from an NFL standpoint, too. but from an NFL standpoint, what do you think about him as the leader of the Texans longer term? I don't think uh, I, I, I got to see a little more, man. I mean, we I I am amazed at uh, some of the people that we work with and some of the things that I hear on the show. And I know we all have to be prisoners in the moment, uh, but I actually uh, for three games, I, I think people are putting him in the Hall of Fame already. And I need to see a little more. Not saying he can't, he can't do it, but last night in the game he completed in the 50 percentiles uh, there when we have elite quarterbacks completing 70 mm-hmm. percent of their passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing him get these rushing yards. And if that was Blake Bortles, all you guys would be talking about is how it was all done in garbage time because it wasn't done when the game was on the line. Absolutely true. DeAndre Hopkins, four catches, three touchdowns, but four catches on 12 targets. So uh, maybe he needs to improve his efficiency, but still making some big plays. When we come back on Lineup Lock Live, we're going to turn our attention to this Monday-Thursday slate. we got some poll questions up. We're going to build a lineup to help you win some cash. Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
friends? If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the Draft Kings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell Greg Sussman say it. Welcome back to Lineup Lock Live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. Hey, Tony, we got a Monday-Thursday slate going on. I know that you always teach me to focus on the Thursday games because everybody wants to just have action that they're watching. So when I look at the quarterbacks of this matchup, it makes me definitely want to look towards the Thursday game with people like uh, Carson Wentz and Cam Newton as opposed to the rookie Mitchell Trubisky and the question mark that we have in Minnesota. We got a poll question up, Tony. Carson Wentz is leading it right now with 35% of the vote. He's at 6,600. Cam Newton at 6,700. Coming in second at 29%. Bradford at 27 And Mitch Trubisky at 9%. Tony, I want to start off with you here. You always tell me that we pay for stability and certainty in the world of daily fantasy. There's no such thing as something more uncertain than a rookie making his debut. I'm talking about Mitchell, don't call me Mitch Trubisky. So how do we go about approaching someone we've never seen before play in his maiden virgin voyage? Yeah, I think they're asking a lot of this kid. I I get they had some time off, so that's why they start him this game. But here's the thing. You start him against the Minnesota Vikings, arguably the best team in football. On Monday Night Football, a big stage. He's only played 13 college games. So since high school, he played 13 college games. Everybody talks about how good he was in preseason. He played against the second and third strings in preseason. He wasn't the starter. Like, I really have a hard time looking at him and being an option in tonight's affair. Um, in fact, the first team I put in, the uh, first player I put in my lineup today was the Minnesota Vikings defense. Right. Right, absolutely, because, and I'm thinking that as well, Tony, we'll get to defense in a little while, but you've also taught me on these Monday-Thursday slates that we're probably not going to spend the whole budget, and I think the Minnesota Vikings defense stands alone, so we might as well spend and get that money, you know, spend some of that money on the defense. Let me ask you about the Thursday quarterbacks, though, because Cam Newton has looked very good in the last two weeks, despite all the controversy around him, but Carson Wentz, let me tell you something, Carson Wentz may be taking that step, I believe, another four touchdowns touchdowns yesterday it looks like he has a lot of options out there could be developing into another one of these offenses where you take the aggregate and that is the quarterback instead of trying to figure out if it's Torrey Smith or Nelson Aguilar or Zach Ertz on any given week how do you see this game on Thursday playing out with two four and one teams tone all right, so Cam Newton has a better matchup, right? The, of, um, the Eagles are 27th in the league against quarterbacks and allowing points. So he has a better matchup. But Carson Wentz, to me, has been a guy that's moved into a, a QB1 for everybody out there mm-hmm. in your season-long fantasy leagues. I wouldn't throw that trust behind Cam Newton yet. He had 31 fantasy points this weekend. He had 28 in the opening week, and he has 13 and 15 in the other two. Here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Carson Wentz as the quarterback. And when I go and I look at that, 
it's hard to pair him with the receiver. That's going to be the challenge a little later because I think the number one target is going to be Zach Ertz, the tight end uh, there. I think he should be heavily owned, and we'll see the results of our poll there. But I'm going to go with the stability of Carson Wentz opposed to the erratic play of Cam Newton, who we've seen play great the last two weeks. I want to see more with the changing of the offense there. Cam Newton, two weeks, so I'm going with Carson Wentz there. Sam Bradford, to me, is interesting. Why is that? Because I love the two wide receivers tonight, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to love Diggs like, and Thielen, yeah. sure. Against yeah, that Chicago defense, the, sure. Yeah, so how can you not love the quarterback, right? And yet the Bears have played good against quarterbacks this year. They're the sixth best in football. But I'm, I'm a little concerned about Bradford's health, and That's you should never, do. ever worry about that. Like, I'm going against my own intuition here because it doesn't matter. I could take Carson Wentz, right, and he could get hurt at the first play of the game, and then he's done. So you sh- if a guy suits up, my feeling is generally he suits up, he's healthy, and he just treats us like that. But I am concerned about Bradford. Yeah, I would be concerned about Bradford as well. Remember, because his the the nature of his injury is like it didn't respond well to the work he had. You know, he had like the swelling. So who knows how he adjusts if he gets hit just one time? You're absolutely right, Tony. I mean, you know, lightning can strike Carson Wentz or Cam Newton or anything like that as well. But as we know, Bradford does have a history, so I think there is a little bit of a higher risk if we had to ask our boy Doctor A on inside injuries on his algorithms and stuff. I'm sure that he would have Sam Bradford as a higher risk than the second-year stud Carson Wentz. Let's move to the RB1 conversation, Tony. And I got to ask you something about this. Just philosophically, I want to ask you something. Because, Tony, when it comes to these Monday-Thursday slates, there is a running back in this slate that I think could be a starting running back, but we don't know about his health. And I'm talking about Philadelphia Eagles uh, running back Wendell Smallwood, right? Like, sure, we saw LeGarrette Blunt, you know, kind of have a second chance almost, as it were, um, with the injury to Darren Sproles. It looks like they are feeding LeGarrette Blunt a little bit. But in that first game, when Wendell Smallwood was healthy, he got work in between the tackles. He was the back to own in the passing game. He's even the one who got in the end zone. Now, if you remember, Tony, I, I was talking last week that Smallwood, they may have sat him out because they knew they had the short week here. So in my opinion, maybe that trends that Smallwood is more likely to play and the impact on uh, LeGarrette Blunt and other uh, Philadelphia Eagles. How, how do you manage a Monday-Thursday slate when the information just may not be there on a guy like Smallwood? Yeah, so here's the way you handle it. And this is a great question, and I, I got to actually you. go check my lineup. I gotta check my lineup because I might not have I might not have followed the uh, the way you should handle this. Is what you need to do is I I would like small if he played. I don't think the running back the running back mixture is not great here. McCaffrey, Howard, Cohen, then it goes Smallwood, Blunt, and it goes down right. to the, the Vikings running backs here. So here's the thing to me is that Howard and Cohen to me are the best options other than Smallwood. So if I play them tonight at running back and then Smallwood plays, I lost out there, right? right. I lost out on a guy that's going to be involved in that offense. So what you need to do is you need to take Wendell Smallwood's $4,700 salary, and whoever you have in your flex position, put that there. So if you choose, let's say, Nelson Aguilar or um, uh, 47, uh, um, Kendall Wright, not even a Kendall Wright, uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Torrey Smith. Say you put those two in your lineup uh, for Thursday. Put them in flex. Don't put them at wide receiver, and then it gives you flexibility. 
And then I understand what you're saying there, Tony, but then does it also stand to reason that the player that you put in there has to be at the same price level or more than Wendell Smallwood? Because you don't want to have to try to make that switch because you mentioned, I think you mentioned Nelson Aguilar, for example. Let's use that example. Nelson Aguilar, I looked at, I believe he is 4,200. And then you say Smallwood at 40. So if you want to make that switch, you couldn't have it. You wouldn't have enough money. So you need someone at that price level, right? Well, you might have enough money because, like, I'm 500 on the cap, so okay. those two players I could actually put in there. So depending on how you are, yeah, just look at it, your flexibility as far as that goes. And one thing to remember, guys, no matter what you're playing, if it's a Monday-Thursday game or if it's a Sunday uh, game, the latest game there is where you put your flex position. So don't just put running backs and wide receivers uh, randomly because you never, ever know what's going to happen, and that gives you flexibility to back out of a bad situation. So no matter what sport you're playing, what activity you're playing, always put the later games in your flex position. That makes sense, Tony. I like how we're doing this. We're not just giving them a fish. We are teaching them how to fish on Lineup Lock Live with your boy Dane Martinez, Tony Sincata, and, of course, Ted Finn Jr., who is still alive. And he's been joined, Tony. I don't know if you could see it. He's been joined by Odell Beckham Jr. in the fish tank because Odell's season is now all wet. So we figured we could uh, have him go swimming with the fishies. What do you think, Tony? Uh, our, 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 Ted, our Ted Finn Jr. has a new playmate. Yeah, this is a rough crowd. I mean, we got Odell Beckham swimming with the fishes. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, I saw Odell Beckham on the on the on the on the floor yesterday. And a lot of crying. Like, a lot of crying. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I I I thought he had like a bruised ankle because he's been so dramatic. He's been so there, dramatic. So wanna... It happens all the time yeah. with his finger and his ankle. On fantasy freestyle, Tony, I've been talking about: Are you hurt or are you injured? Right. And if you're hurt, you sack up and you play through it. That's not what he does. He cries, right? But now he is officially injured, so we may not have yeah. to see him or hear from him or deal with him for the remainder of the 2017 system. He's uh, done a lot of commercials now on TV, though. He's doing well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he is. He, of course he's doing well, but he's being paid more by Nike than by the New York football giants at this yeah. point in time. Hey, Tony, all right, so we have this RB1 poll. Who do we like right now? We got McCaffrey, Howard, Cohen, and Blunt. The people are with Tarek Cohen at 5,500, but you're sort of advocating maybe playing both Bears tonight? Yeah, and I actually, I like Howard better, to tell you the truth. If I had to pay one of them, I'm going to play Howard. I look at it this. I think that a lot of people, Tariq Cohen's been a sexy name in fantasy, so that's why right. people go with go with him. And I think that people are thinking that Minnesota will be in the lead uh, by a bunch, and so that's why Tariq Cohen in the passing game there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Bears defense has been pretty good, and it's in Chicago. They've shown a I wouldn't expect it. It's only a three-point spread in this game. I wouldn't expect them to run away. I think Howard is the guy there, but I'm playing them both. All the Bears' offense goes uh, goes through the running sure. backs. Now, one of the things that's very underrated is that it's tough for a rookie quarterback or a first-year quarterback to get used to throwing passes to the backfield, right, in the mm. backfield there. Now, he might have had more experience with Tariq Cohen in the preseason because Cohen wasn't a guy playing with the first team. So he could have had more experience with Tariq Cohen. Uh, for all you people that voted Tariq Cohen, that's one thing in your favor. Absolutely. That's a great point. I was going to bring that up a little bit later on in the show. You're stealing my thunder, Tony, but that's all right. We'll make up. With It'll be all life. right. Line up lock live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, I'm Melissa. And I'm Jill. And we're the interns. The Fancy Sports Radio Network and DKMS want to send you to Minnesota this February. All you have to do is play our big game trivia challenge sponsored by DKMS. 
Starting next week, answer four questions right, and you're heading to the big game. Tune in to find out when the contest will be running. So what are you waiting for? Play the Big Game Trivia Challenge sponsored by DKMS, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Lineup Lock Live. We're presented by DailyRoto.com right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. And Tony, part of the reason why this is the best time of the sports calendar is because we also have a little bit of playoff baseball going on. The Houston Astros ended the Red Sox season 5-4 today. And I don't know if you saw, Tony, what's going on right now in Wrigley, but Ryan Zimmerman with an RBI double. The Nationals have a one nothing lead, but the biggest story is that Max Scherzer is, uh, Tony, he's pitching very well through six innings i'll leave it at that he has a he has uh you don't want to ruin it i you, you know afraid to you can uh, say whatever you it. want you can say whatever you want i'm just telling you he has a no hit very very he has well a no hit it going so oh, let me ask you a is. question though <laughs> Go ahead. let me ask you a question what do you do if you're the man i believe that baseball is a bi- sport built on records history sure and i believe that you should never ever take a pitcher out that has a no hitter uh, go ask Johan 90... Santana. Go ask Johan Santana right. if you should take him out or not. No, I, I believe Johan would say no way. Hmm. And that people look at that. Johan's, people forget Johan wasn't good when he pitched that no-hitter. He true. was amazing with the Twins, right? So that was the last thing in his career that he put out there. And I think that, you know what? Also, when people say Johan Santana, I always remember the no-hitter. I don't remember the Cy Young years he in had in Minnesota. Right. right. It's right. true. It's he truth. Was, it's like, it's like so it'll be in the, the first line of his obituary, right? It'll be like in the first right. paragraph, right? Yeah. So here's the problem. Scherzer's sure got 90 pitches through six innings. This is a playoff game. And you want to you wanna win this game, and mm-hmm. you also want Scherzer available to pitch later in the series. Right. What do you do? Do you pull this guy when we get a little bit? He's going to go over 100 pitches probably after seven innings. Here's the thing. For me, if it was an 8-0 score right now, then maybe I would take him out because of, like you said, uh, we, I want to preserve him for the rest of the series. You already saw today, earlier in the day, Sale come back, Verlander come back out of the bullpen. And so that, to me, is a big-time option. But because this game is only one nothing, no, I ride Scherzer until, uh, until he bucks me. What I would say, though, Tony, is like, listen, when your season is on the line like this, do you drill Scherzer if he hits again? <laughs> Maybe try and get him in the hand. Maybe try and that get him in the hand. The most amazing. That is the most amazing thought of all time, and that's why I miss the guy times when guys like Billy Martin and Earl Weaver, Lou Pinello were managing. Because I think they would might actually think about it. I'm saying, Dick I, Williams. I would. I would think about it as well. I always. I always. This is coming from a guy who has a Knicks fan against the Bulls. I used to always want to send out my last man on the bench just to get in a fight with Jordan, so they would all get two games to. Suspensions and it would hurt them more than it would hurt me. But I digress. We have running backs to discuss, Tony. We talked about how we like Howard and Cohn, both Chicago backs, because that offense does, in fact, go through the running back. Let's talk Let's talk a little bit about some of these other teams' running backs. And I want to ask you about Carolina specifically, Tony, because Jonathan Stewart yesterday was something like, what, like 19 carries for 21 yards? <laughs> Yet yeah, yeah, they yeah. still moved the ball. They still scored. You know, I think 
We talked about the evolution of this offense, right? And maybe it's maybe uh, Cam's getting used to it a little bit. Maybe they start to know what they're doing. How do you think it plays out with Stewart and McCaffrey, especially in PPR formats like DraftKings? You got to figure McCaffrey's the safer bet, no? Uh, McCaffrey's the safer bet. We were just talking about baseball. Yeah. Here's the funny thing is that that Mrs. Stewart has turned into the uh, equivalent of a waste pitch, right? You don't want to throw the ball over the plate Mm -hmm. 0-2. You don't want to give the guy anything to hit. And you know what? Throw it wherever, and if someone swings it, all right. If not, just throw the next pitch. He's the, he's like a changeup. It's a, it's amazing. He goes in the game, he gets the ball, and he doesn't do anything. Well, they say sometimes though, Tony, that it's really not about the yards; it's about the attempts. You know, sometimes for these running backs. But unfortunately, that is not the story in daily fantasy or in fantasy. That's one of those real NFL arguments instead of fantasy. But here's the problem with this week, with this Monday Thursday thing: is McCaffrey doesn't get enough touches, right? Yeah. To have the confidence, and like if he doesn't get in the end zone, you're not getting anything. This is Stewart true. Doesn't do it. Doesn't do anything. And because of the injury situation, we don't know how the carries are going to work out in Philadelphia. Um, but I think those two guys are uh, definitely in the mix. And I'll tell you what, Minnesota's offensive line's improved. Mm. But I've seen Latavius Murray. I ain't going to put him behind in any of my roster. I would think that Jared McKinnon, at least I know he'll catch some balls out of the backfield. I think he's more rosterable uh, than actually anyone in Carolina and possibly Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to go to uh, to the Minnesota backs, and I agree with you, Tony. When I see Lat Murray and Jarek McKinnon, my mind goes to McKinnon. He's $500 cheaper, first of all, and also, like you said, you know, Tony, I equate Latavius Murray to, like, Terrence West. You know, they're, uh, they're kind of like just a guy to me. I think they'll get what's blocked for them, but that's about it. And like you said, I think that I could at least get some value from McKinnon in the passing game, regardless of who the quarterback is. And at the discount, I'll take Jarek McKinnon. But we may have to uh, make a decision here for the people, Tony, because right now Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon are both at 37%. And our guy Drew Gates, though, on Twitter has responded saying none of them, LOL. So maybe he's going on the Bears back-to-back kind of side. Speaking of the people, let me ask you something about the people, Tony. How'd the people's lineup do for week five? How'd we do? Did we climb out that hole or what? No, I, you know what? I, I didn't. It was going so bad. I didn't even look to see where they finished. But in the next break, I'm gonna. I'll get that for us. All right, but in the in the binomial world of cash and no cash, it sounds like we did not get it done for <laughs> no, the people. No, it wasn't. Go- yeah, it was the people were not going uh, well, and uh, we'll get that number for you uh, there. You know, it was crazy. One of those crazy days where they got. I think they got hurt by the Bilal Paul injury mm. and. Uh, it, we'll get there. And Des Bryant. Uh, and I'll tell you got, what really did it too, Tony. We were doing that that big time Packers stack. We were really and then Devontae Adams, just ten yes. days after the concussion on a hit that we thought like I thought when his mouthpiece flew out and they were attending to him, I thought he was like I thought he was gonna die on the field, you know. But then again, ten days later, he's back catching touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers, who pulls another rabbit out of his hat in Dallas. Yeah, and then you had Jordy Nelson, who didn't play in the right. second half of that game right. because of uh, uh, the situation with his hamstring still being a problem. 
Hey, and what do you know, Tony? It looks like they have officially. You jinxed him, Tone. You jinxed him. They're pulling Max Scherzer right now. Six and a third innings. He has given up a hit. He goes seven innings. I uh, get seven Ks, and then Dusty Baker goes right out to go get him right away. They are making a pitching change in Wrigley. But I wanted to ask you this, Tony, about the wide receivers. You made the point before about Mitchell Trubisky um, and kind of who he may or may not have chemistry with because he was running with the twos in the preseason. I actually thought that was going to be more at play with the wide receivers because if you remember what the Bears were running out there in the preseason, it was Kevin White. It was Cam Meredith. The receivers that are now leading this team, the Kendall Rice, the Deontay Thompsons of the world, those are guys that were going back and forth with Mitchell Trubisky in the preseason. So does that maybe boost the uh, boost the prospects of any of these Bears wide receivers? I'll tell you right now, Deontay Thompson is the big wild card tonight. Like, mm-hmm. if you guys play the lottery, this is a big wild card. Like, I think that he's the one guy that could get put up there. And at 3200 bucks, that's a nice salary. You have nothing to base that on except preseason right. and base it on history. History is when quarterbacks come in, backup quarterbacks, we've seen their ability to equate to guys that are second-team players because of the practice, because of the activity with the second team. So Deontay Thompson, to me, tonight is going to be that wild card that either can win you a tournament or stay away. And now I'm staying away right now, but I might uh, get a little more exposure to him. He's the one guy that interests me in Chicago. And if you need a salary cap relief, he's a guy that can bring it to you. Yeah, absolutely. At only $3,200 on DraftKings. I, I buy this narrative, Tony, because, listen, a lot of, a lot of uh, quarterback wide receiver connections. Think about the back shoulder throw. Okay, think about the back shoulder throw. That is something you have had to have had gone over enough times to know how fast the guy is, to know when he's coming out of his breaks, to know when to where to put it. And he has done that with Thompson, whereas, you know, they were probably doing it all training camp. So I think that is a very interesting narrative and one that I think you could believe in. Only 2% of the people in our poll buy Thompson at 3200 And with that price... It could be some big time value there, and then also the dual ability, the dual uh, you know help of then you being able to spend your money in other places. But Tony, you know what people can do? Whether it's the people's lineup for Week Five on DraftKings or otherwise this Monday Thursday lineup, you can go to RotoExperts.com. You can go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. And if you don't know by now, I don't know what you've been listening to here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. But we're partnering with DKMS to help fight blood cancer. And here's how we're doing it. We're doing free registered daily fantasy contests every week of the football season, weeks 1 through 16. If you win one of those weeks... You go into a contest week 17. If you win week 17, Tony, you get tickets for two to Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota. I know you think that that could be a home game for the Vikings if they get their quarterback situation figured out. But here's the thing. Even if you lose, you still win because you learn how to maybe support people fighting the disease. You register to maybe become a blood donor or a bone marrow donor. It's very easy to do, Tony. You know because all you got to do is swipe your mouth. And I know how you like that instead of the needles and the injections. You can learn a little bit, and you could save a life. So even if you lose in DFS, you still win in a p- partnership here with the Fantasy Sports Network and DKMS. Right, Tone? Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing, and it's a lot of fun for people to go out there. Uh, it gives you a way to uh, help people out and still uh, you know, 
reward yourself with a trip to Minnesota and go to the Super Bowl just by having a little fun and playing a little fantasy football. That's what it's all about here. We help people, we have a little fun, and then we go to sleep at night feeling good about ourselves. Fair enough. But Minnesota in February, Tony, it sounds like it's going to be cold outside. So if you take someone, make someone, make sure you take someone where the big spoon and the little spoon fit good right together. When we come back, Tony, for this Monday, Thursday slate, we are going to look towards the wide receivers, the pass catches, the tight ends, and tell you who to play to win some cash. It's Lineup Lock Live, presented by DailyRoto.com, Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. Hey everybody, it's me, Joe Pizzapia, best-selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series, and right now you can get the 2017 Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon as we speak. What are you waiting for? You can get it for ebook, for your Kindle, or for paperback. And it's not just me this year. No, I brought in some friends. I got Jake Seeley, I got Sammy Reed, I got Gary Davenport. I got championships and they're waiting for you. Find out why the Fantasy Black Book is number one best-selling in fantasy sports for the 10th straight time. You know why? Because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Heading on the highway, we're looking for adventure here on Lineup Lock Live. Would help you win a little bit of cash to support whatever adventures you want. It's Dane Martinez and Tony the Jinx Sincata because now he mentions the no-hitter, and all of a sudden the Cubs have now tied it at one. Max Scherzer goes from pitching a no-no through six to not being eligible to win the game anymore. He does not look pleased in the dugout, Tony. How does it feel to, uh, you know, strike karma on Max Scherzer? You know what? I, you know, I hope the Nationals win too. I'm, I'm not a Joe Madden guy. I think Dusty Baker's a guy that always gets maligned. I like to see uh, win one for Dusty. I would like to see that. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping the Nationals can come back here. All right, fair enough. We'll keep it locked into you, and I'll be giving you updates as well next hour on Fantasy Freestyle, 7 8 p.m. Eastern time. The Yankees get underway as well. We got playoffs in the baseball. We also have DFS Fantasy Football to get after it. We were talking about the wide receiver position, and Tony, we mentioned this guy like DeAndre Thompson at only 3,200, maybe having some chemistry with Mitch Trubisky and a second team and training camp, things of that nature. But um, what I got to ask you is, even in a Monday-Thursday slate, do you usually still want to stack so I guess my question is if you go in Cam Newton or Carson Wentz do you then feel obligated to put in one of their receivers as well I don't feel obligated but your your uh, your options are limited so I think in this kind of slate it's just going to happen by accident um, I could tell you though you might end up with your option being just one receiver and it being the tight end with Carson Wentz like mm. I could see you going if you wanted to go Deontay Thompson right I could see you going Diggs Thielen and Zach Ertz as your tight end and and, and then throw someone like Funches in there like I could see you spreading it out and that's why I think that like it's tough with the Sam Bradford health situation because he looks like the guy um, we everybody's going to love the two wide receivers. So, yeah, you want to go that way, and I think you're going to have to go that way, but it just might be different this week. Uh, like a lot of weeks when you have the uh, New England Patriots and people go Brady and Gronk, uh, you think you'll see the tight end here as well. 
Interesting. You could have the quarterback tight end stack, which is very interesting with a guy like Zach Ertz. You may also see it, like you mentioned, in New England. Could even see it in Seattle these days. You never know. Kansas but we got City. In Kansas City as well. Absolutely. We have poll questions up right now at the Tony Sincata at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter. We want to ask you guys, which wide receivers do you like? And it looks like the crowd is definitively on the Minnesota Vikings wide receivers, Tony. In the first poll, 46% going to Stefan Can You Digs It at 7,400. Well ahead. The second option is Devin Funches, though, who all of a sudden, maybe, you know, he was like a tight end at Michigan. Maybe he's getting some of that uh, Greg Olson love as it were. Funches at 6,100. Kelvin Benjamin at 6,400. Alshon Jeffrey only getting 4% of the vote at 6,300. Maybe people uh, are souring on him, but listen, he had Patrick Peterson on him yesterday. That'll not necessarily be the same, even though I will say that the Carolina Panthers are not the best matchup in the world. And then, Tony, in the other poll, Adam Thielen, 67% of the vote. Two-thirds of the people with him at 6,100. Then you got Nelson Aguilar at 4,200. Kendall Wright at 4,100. And DeAndre Thompson, like we have already covered, at 3,200. Let me ask you this, Tone. If you're going to put a Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver in, who would it be? You know, this is a great question. So there are ways to do this. Here's what I did. If you look at their number one receiver, Jeffrey, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just take him for instance. He has less activity than arguably, I think, any other wide receiver that's a number one on their team. He had in the last game four targets in that last game. Carson Wentz hit him in week four with six targets. He had eight targets in week three. Week two, he had 13. Uh, so he has one game, and then week one, seven. One game of double-digit targets. Yeah. Carson Wentz is hitting whoever's open, and he d- isn't looking at Alshon Jeffrey like he's an elite wide receiver. Right. So here's how I think you can go and do this. What you do is I'm going to take the other guys. So basically, go and take a chance. If you think Carson Wentz is the guy, go and put Zach Ertz in your lineup. And then go Aguila and Torrey Smith or Aguila or Torrey Smith. And then try to clean up on guys that will be less owned. And secondly, you know what? They're getting the same amount of targets as Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely true, you know. I mean, outside of guys, say, now standing left, Antonio Brown or A.J. Green or DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of these offenses in the NFL are going to this, you know, the quarterback reads the mail, finds the mismatch. It doesn't matter who the number one is. They're going wherever the ball dictates. It's one of these, like, some is greater than its parts kind of offense. And I got to tell you, I think the prototypical type case for this is look at how the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford have evolved ever since Stafford changed from keying in on a guy like Calvin Johnson to once again going wherever the ball dictates. I mean, yesterday, Marvin Jones was the team's leading receiver. It'll be Golden Tate some days, Ebron some days, Riddick some days. Hell, Kenny Galladay even some days. I I think this is the way more offenses are going. So I like that. Fade the quote-unquote number one wide receiver because he might get the the high price tag and all the, um, the kind of accolades and esteem, and it's going a lot 
of different places. So we like that, Tony, and it looks like they are heavy on the Minnesota Vikings wideout. Diggs at 46% of his poll. Thielen at 67% of his poll. Let's talk tight end real quick, Tony, with the time we have left. And remember, we're here on Lineup Lock Live, presented by DailyRoto.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata, and of course, Ted Finn Jr., who is going to make it to week six, at least, of the fantasy football season. Hey, Tony, when I look at these wide, uh, when I look at these tight ends, of course, Zach Ertz is getting the the lion's share of the love here at 42%, but he is the high-priced option at 6300 I want to ask you about the lowest-priced option that has the least amount of support, and that's Zach Miller. When we talk about what Mitch Trubisky could bring to this offense, right, I'm thinking Trubisky may move the pocket a little bit more than Mike Glennon ever did, so I'm thinking about those kind of bootleg rollouts to the tight ends. I think we could see some of that, and then I defer back to my narrative about a young quarterback. How uh, He always loves to check down and the tight end is that security blanket. Can I make the case for Zach Miller at only 2900 as the punt play maybe if I wanted to put all these high-priced wideouts involved? Yeah. Now, there's two things here now. I, I like him. I like Zach Miller as a player. I think he's a fine receiver. Now, in the he had nine targets in week two. He had six in week one. Then they dropped down three and two there. Now, the problem is the Bears have been using a couple different tight ends. Hmm. So as long the as he can stay on the field, yeah, as long as he stays on the field, he's there. I think with a the rookie, they'll keep the veteran on there, and I think it becomes a play. But here's the thing you always have to remember is that – when you take Zach Miller and you put him in your lineup at 2,900 and you're looking at it like I only need 12 fantasy points and I'm going to get you know everything I need. Well, the problem with doing that, the problem with doing that is if Zach Ertz comes up and throws up 25 fantasy points, right. it, you know, you gave away 13 at that position. So you have to hit on those other guys. You have to hit. The other guy I already got is you have to hit on those other guys that you spent the money on. So it goes twofold there. So even if you get the 12 points, it doesn't guarantee you success. You're going to have to hit on those guys you upgraded on. And like all Sean Jeffrey, say you you wanted to upgrade all Sean Jeffrey. We look at the numbers and all Sean Jeffrey's got numbers similar to, you know, uh, uh, Nelson Aguilar in some games. So it's not one of those things that I wouldn't gamble at tight end. And I think that it's a risky play, but it could pay off, and it's low-owned, and I don't think it's a bad play. I'm not gambling at tight end, but I don't think it's a bad play. I hear you, and I believe that Zach Ertz will, in fact, be the chalk here on this slate. Zach Ertz, in my opinion, a top three uh, tight end in fantasy football moving forward in the same tier with Kelsey and Gronk moving forward. I think it's the three of them and then everybody else for the rest of the season. If it was season-long... I'll tell you right now, I'd rather have Zach Ertz ahead of Gronkowski and Kelsey. Now, I'm not going to take him ahead I'd of Gronk. i take him, Kelsey ahead no, of Ertz, but I don't know about Gronk. I would take Ertz ahead of Gronk. See, the one thing that with Kelsey to me is that his physical play has gotten him a little banged up, and then we saw the concussion. I'm yeah. not sure. It was a horrifying story reading about that, that this morning. So what happened last night? Zach Ertz had the concussion. Then they let him go back on the field. Kelsey, not Ertz, right, half, Tony? Kelsey, not Ertz. Yeah, Kelsey, okay. sorry, yeah. They let him go back on the field. He played, and then they went to halftime, and he didn't know where he was. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously disturbing. We have to, you know, that's why they have the independent uh, neurologist. That's why they have the tent and the cold, dark, quiet room. So it's interesting to see how sometimes the protocol still is or is not followed. We're going to see these stories as more and more attention is paid to how people are, you know, handling their heads and brains and minds. I mean, remember, Tony, we heard that Tom, Tom Brady may have had a concussion in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so there was a lot of negative press around Devontae Adams' performance, yeah. right? They said, great for Devontae Adams, but the NFL failed here letting him play. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I I think that at the bottom line is everybody's trying to protect these players, and that's what they should do. But we have all these freedoms that everybody keeps talking about. If a guy wants to play, why isn't it up to him to let him play? And why isn't it up to him? To go out there now, people are going to say, "Oh, well, he gets later in life. He doesn't know all the choices associated with it, and he'll regret it." Well, you know what? A guy might forget riding his motorcycle without his helmet on, and we don't take that away from him in the state of Florida and other states across the country. We don't allow people not to smoke cigarettes, yet we know it's bad for everybody out there. So why is the NFL taking personal freedom away from some of these players? I think it's an interesting question, Tony. The only thing I would say back is like, listen, when you sprain a knee ligament, you know when it's healed. You know, like when you, but when you get bumped in the mind and in the brain, it, we still don't understand when you are ready. I mean, good. For, I agree with you, though. Good for Devontae Adams that he was able to get back out there. I just remember the hit, and I was thinking that there was no way that he would get back. If he's cleared, if he's cleared the regulations and the protocol and he's good to go as say the doctors then go right ahead but as we know this is a uh, interesting game when it comes to the doctors and clearing people for play hey tony when we come back on lineup lock live we're going to talk defense and you're going to give us your monday thursday slate right here on lineup lock live on the fantasy sports radio network DFS lineup block sponsored by DailyRoto.com. How do you see this game on Thursday playing out with two four and one teams, Tom? Cam Newton has a better matchup, but Carson Wentz to me has been a guy that's moved into a QB one for everybody out there mm-hmm. in your season long fantasy leagues. I wouldn't throw that trust behind Cam Newton yet. I'm going to go with the stability of Carson Wentz opposed to the erratic play of Cam Newton. Weekdays six to seven p.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY.com/radio. Hey Tony, we got a little Gloria Stefan as we yeah, go I back to Line of Block Live. I see you. I saw you bouncing as soon as it hit. Come on, Tony, yeah. you must love that. The down the in- rhythm. The rhythm is going to get you right. That's Absolutely. how I had my first kid. It got me. I, I failed the rhythm method. And then it was one, two, three, four. Absolutely, Tony. <laughs> I can see you back in the '80s making it pop to the Miami Sound Machine for sure. Hey Tony, let's talk uh, real quick about defense on this Monday Thursday slate. I mean, the Vikings are much more expensive than any of the other teams, but when I see their matchup, I I still want to go for them. Chalk be damned. I think it's the Minnesota Vikings, right? I think it's by far the best play. You got to pay, but to be honest, I like three out of the four in this. um, I think that you can go and you can take the Chicago Bears as well. They've played very good defensively. I think they can stay in the game. Maybe they get to the quarterback a couple times to get you a couple sacks. I like Carolina if you want to look at a good defense that's going to be under-owned because people are looking at them going against the best offense. So if you one of these guys that go contrarian play, Carolina's going to be about 8% owned. And that's a very good defense to have at 8% owned in a four-game slate. 
The only defense I wouldn't play is Philadelphia. All right, fair enough. So we have options besides Minnesota. Tony over here thinking yeah, that Chicago play. Yeah, yeah, thinking that maybe if you need uh, to go a little zig when others zag, the Bears at twenty eight hundred or the Panthers at three thousand. But now, without further ado, Tony, let's unveil your Monday Thursday slate, your lineup on DraftKings. Let's make the people some money, especially if they got yeah. hurt in uh, Week Five. All right, what do we got? Yeah, if you had a couple of injuries in week five, it happens out there. Uh, Carson Wentz, $6,600 going with there. I talked about uh, his play and his consistent play throughout the year. I'm going with the both Bears running backs, Howard and Cohen, looking for Tariq Cohen and uh, Howard to get the ball in that offense and get me double-digit points. Going with both guys in Minnesota, uh, Diggs and Thielen, 7,500, 6,100. And then as I talked about earlier, I'm going to take the two Philadelphia wide receivers that are not named uh, Alshon Jeffrey. If you look at the targets, Jeffrey hasn't been targeted like an elite wide receiver. So I'm going to go 3,800 on Torrey Smith, who has that big playability, 4,200 on Nelson Aguilar, and then at the tight end, Zach Ertz. So those will be the, I'm going to take the Philadelphia passing game. I have everyone except Alshon Jeffrey is my way I'm going at this, and then the Vikings defense. Fair enough. I like that, Tony. I like what you're doing over there. I like what you're talking about going away from the number one wide receiver and getting the big aggregate of it. I'm telling you, though, Tony, I think an interesting play really could be to put in Wendell Smallwood this week because if he does, in fact, go, if he does, in fact, go, I think people are forgetting about him because he also, Tony, he's part of that Philadelphia passing game that you're talking about. Absolutely. And in fact, I have the ability to make that change if Thursday I find out he's playing. Aguilar can come out of my lineup and then I go in Wendell Smallwood there. So give yourself that option to do that uh, if you can, people, and you look at that. And I've also made another lineup um, that I'm using Deontay Thompson in. Mm-hmm. And that is a game, if you're an Alshon believer, if you believe in Alshon Jeffrey, uh, go ahead and put Deontay Thompson in and then they'll be able to get Jeffrey in your lineup. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. I also endorse that. The spitting statistician likes the idea of Deontay Thompson because he could have that second-team familiarity and training camp chemistry with Mitchell Trubisky. Tomorrow, Tony, on Lineup Block Live, we're going to start to look ahead to week six. New teams on buys, but Drew Brees and Matt Ryan back available in DFS for week six. We're going to do quarterbacks on Tuesday, running backs on Wednesday, and then the pass catchers on Tuesday. But, Tony, i got to ask you, where do the people stand? Did you get that information for us, how the people do in week five? Because I got to know where we stand as we head on in to week six. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the people's lineup. The people's lineup is like this. Uh, the people, they uh, got – this is absolutely terrible what they uh, actually got. They oh, got a uh, 129, which actually had them 154 out of 490. One fifty four out of four ninety, not bad, but close. But close only counts in horseshoes and grenades, not in DFS. We'll see what happens. And tomorrow, more of Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. It's a lineup block live. We'll see you tomorrow.